With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. All right, Colin right, Colin wrong on a Monday. Plenty of both. Here we go. Where Colin was right. DeAndre Hopkins ended up getting a good deal. $26 million plus another $6 million in bonuses for just two years. He was not. Not snubbed. He was picky. That's a pretty darn good deal. $26 million guaranteed. Up to $32 million bucks for just two years. He had multiple suitors. He was patient. He finally got the deal. I I probably would have gone New England. They're not as run-centric. Better offensive line. Mac Jones, I think, is better than Ryan Tannehill. But nonetheless, this was not a desperate player. He was ra- waiting and got the best offer. Where Colin was wrong. Uh, looks like. Um, my take has always been that the Giants had to resign Saquon Barkley once they signed Daniel Jones. But the story today is they're not going to reshuffle the deck to start over their negotiations just because Saquon Barkley changed agents, added some people to his negotiating team, and they're not going to do it. So they got until 1 o'clock Pacific, 4 Eastern, and they're going to have to franchise tag him without a new deal. So I think he's the key to their offense. Um, And I think you could have gotten away with a franchise tag. But once they locked in Daniel Jones for $37 large plus, He's looking at that thinking, <laughs> I'm the insurance policy for that guy. Now you really need me. And as of now, he's going to be franchised at. Where Colin was right. Kirk Cousins was not offended by Justin Jefferson not putting him in their top five. Kirk Cousins is fairly egoless. So last week when Justin Jefferson named his top five quarterbacks in the league, Mahomes, Rogers, Burrow, Hurts, Allen, and didn't put Captain Kirk in, people thought he would be offended. And my takeaway is... Religious guy, not a ton of ego, family guy, none of that stuff bothers him. I've never felt Kirk Cousins was going to get in Kirk Cousins' way. I don't think he's nearly as talented as a lot of other guys, but I think he understands his value. I think he's got his priorities in his life in order. Not surprised. He hadn't heard about it and didn't care about it. Where Colin was wrong. ESPN polled executives, scouts, GMs around the league, and they had Aaron Rodgers as the number four quarterback overall. I have him six in the AFC. 
Uh, I don't think he's nearly as talented as Trevor Lawrence, who was a number one pick. I think Jalen Hurts has surpassed him. I don't think he's as dynamic as Lamar or Justin Herbert. Uh, But NFL GMs and scouts fall in love with talent. I saw it with Dan Marino, and they've got him the fourth best quarterback in the entire league off his worst year in a long time. And they acknowledge in the piece by ESPN Jeremy Fowler, he doesn't like to run anymore. So you don't get the mobility you used to get. They still have him at four. Where Colin was right. Joe Mixon's going to take a pay cut to stay with the Bengals. They didn't win when they had Joe Mixon and no Joe Burrow. So why am I paying Joe Mixon when I get Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow's the catalyst to winning. I like Joe Mixon. I think I've said this before. I think he's a top five, six running back in the league. But the better the quarterback, the less crucial the running back. And Joe Mixon should take a pay cut. Playing behind Burrow with those weapons, a lot of play action yards. Burrow is your best friend. I think this is a smart move by Joe Mixon. Taking the most money is not always the answer for a running back. Do you have the support system? Do you have an offensive coach? Do you have weapons on the perimeter so they can't crowd the box? This is a very good space for Joe Mixon, but you can't get top dollar. I like what he did. Where Colin was wrong. Uh, Chris Paul kind of pushed back on coming off the bench for the Warriors in his first interview. And he had a Sam Amick reports he's still holding out hope to start. Well, he can't because Curry and him would be too small, a little too old. Uh, I thought it was very clear, and he'd come to terms with what he's going to do is lead the second team and elevate Jonathan Kaminga. And I think he's going to do both. Great for the second unit, great for Kaminga. I didn't think it was that hard of a reach or an ask, but apparently he is a little, um, he's struggling with that right now. Let's just say that. Where Colin was right. I never thought losing Lincoln Riley could be anything but a problem for Oklahoma, and Big 12 media voted them third in Brett Venable's second year, basically tied with Texas Tech one year out of Lincoln Riley coaching. Nothing against Brent Venables. Most of the time, Oklahoma gets the right coach. But to go from 1-1-1-1-1 with Lincoln Riley to now basically tied for third, maybe fourth, what does it tell you? And the big concern with Brent Venables, say what you want about Lincoln Riley's defense, Lincoln got his side of the ball right. Sean McVay got his side of the ball right. Shanahan gets his side of the ball right. I'm always concerned when a coach comes in, Brian Dayball, let's be honest, he got as much out of Daniel Jones as you could get. When you can't get your side of the ball right, Oklahoma's defense was a mess last year. That's concerning in the Big 12 media season. Where Colin was right. Mets Yankees, 27 and a half games out of first. Said it before, in baseball you can buy pressure. Good luck buying wins. The Yankees are now tied for last place. Yeah, I guess they're still in wild card contention. Yippee. Not exactly the standard of the Yankees. And the Mets are a tire fire. Here was the Yankees yesterday. Listen to this call against Colorado. Treyo, 120 at-bats, does not have a home run this year. Until now. A game-winning walk-off home run from Alan Treyo. A very disappointing series if you're a Yankee fan or a Yankee in that clubhouse, in that dugout. This is a series you're playing against a team that had the worst record in the National League. Two top payrolls in baseball, a combined 27 and a half games out of first place. 
said this about New York sports. They've been in a decade rut. Owners, GMs, executives. You always fire the coaches. You always blame the coaches. Nets aren't well run. Mets, Yankees, roll your eyes. Jets, Giants still. They won't admit it in a rebuild. New York sports has a lot of things, like money. Don't have a lot of elite front offices, elite owners, elite people running the franchises. Ian O'Connor, by the way, longtime great columnist in New York, will be around the corner joining us on the show. You know, it's funny. I, whenever I get pushback on that, I'm like, folks, the proof's in the pudding. The Jets have the longest playoff drought in the league. What do you want me to say to that? They've had one thing in common the entire time, the ownership group. New York Giants. They keep running through coaches and GMs. What's the constant? It's not the players, not the coaches. It's the owner. Brooklyn Nets, owner. Knicks have been a mess for 25 years. What's the constant? It's not the players and coaches. It's the owners. If you can't get it right, I mean, I always say, certain cities have great, like San Francisco right now has got really good owners. LA, at, by and large, LA, I think, has mostly pretty strong owners. Since the Lakers turned around at the All-Star break, you know, we always had our questions about the Lakers, but they've had a really good five, six months of, of movement. A lot of that's ownership. So um, all that in the bag of chips. Will Blackman next hour, Ian O'Connor's around the corner. Big, big week. Big week. You know, we, we have, what do we got now about how many days left before camp officially opens? Because the Hall of Fame game's like first week of August. What do we got about one more week, and then we're on for six and a half months? Basically, August 1st until February 15th. What's that? August, September, October, November, December, January. Yeah, six and a half months, starting kind of next Tuesday, Wednesday. And then we're on. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, 
You can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. No, 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 no. Turn on the news! This is the Herdline News. So we talked about the DeAndre Hopkins two-year, $26 million we did. deal with the Titans. But uh, what was almost funnier was Hopkins who has been kind of getting beat up on social media. You know, is he washed? Is he in decline? Yada, yada, yada. He went and jumped on social media as soon as the deal was leaked to reporters. Because, you know, that's what guys do. Here it is. I always love having haters and doubters. But I appreciate it even more now. Tighten up! Gotta love the haters crowd. Now, he's had some injuries. He doesn't love practice. There's a Randy Moss component, really talented, getting older, productive. Wait a minute, wait a minute. He's not Randy, but he's a 1A. He's absolutely a 1 in this league. He's a 1A now. He's not He's not quite the dominant. You, you don't think he's a 1. You think he's a 2. Because the yeah. kid they drafted in the first round, the Trayvon Burks, Burks they, they view him as a 1. So if at least now they have two absolutely competent. Let's say they're both high-end 2s, low 1s. They're with that defense and that coaching. Yeah. Well, there's just there's questions about Hopkins' ability to separate. And again, I'm not going to sit here and act like I've broke down the Zapruder film on Hopkins separating. Yeah. But others have, and it just he's not getting the necessary separation. We saw this with Devontae Parker. Uh, he doesn't separate. It he's like all. dead last. Uh, Warren Sharp has done a lot of work on this. Bottom line, like, listen, I'm not rooting against Hopkins. I'm not a hater. I'm just stating the facts. Hopkins, you didn't want to practice in Arizona. What's that about? Well, like, that is that going to fly in Tennessee? That could be a little bit of a culture losing organization. This is a winning culture. Excellent, experienced head coach. Let's not take unnecessary shots at Kingsbury. Okay, a losing culture. Well, they did make the playoffs two years ago. You, but yeah, look. Tennessee we view as a well-run operation. Yes. Arizona as a tire fire. Well, okay, but Tennessee last year had the GM fired in December. Um, and then didn't their OC something happen with their OC? I think he got. Uh, I don't want to speak out if it's not accurate, but I think he he got got basically they got rid of him. So they had some issues, but yes, Arizona is considered a much weaker franchise. Yeah. So uh, some player. Let me throw this at you. OBJ is a great example. So when OBJ was at LSU, no problems. When OBJ was with the Rams, McVay, no problems. When OBJ had Tom Coughlin and Eli early in New York, no problems. But late in New York, when it became a circus, he kind of unraveled. In Cleveland at the end, which became a circus, he unraveled. Some players need a really good structure to flourish. And I've said this about OBJ. OBJ at LSU was no problem. OBJ first couple years in New York, no problem. OBJ was great with the Rams. He got hurt, but he was great. The two times the organization goes sideways, that that Baker mess, when it was chaos every 15 minutes, and then the Giants at the end that were running through coaches. Yeah. Okay, then OBJ unraveled. But OBJ in Baltimore, good organization, Should good coach, 
it should, if he's healthy, he'll be highly productive. So what I'm saying with D-Hop is, who in Arizona is happy? Larry Fitzgerald is like, I'm out. J.J. Watt. Peace, I'm retiring. So, like, yeah. who's happy there? Yeah. Tennessee's a functioning, great coach, well-run operation. I think he's going to go there. Randy Moss was a circus whenever he was around the circus. When you put him in New England for three years, he was great. You know who's happy there? Uh, retirees in Arizona and Bradley Beal. No, playing for a winner. That's about it. Nobody on the Cardinals. Next up, Tyreek Hill. Um, listen, I, I don't like the Miami Dolphins. That's well known, but yeah. I do appreciate watching Tyreek Hill. He is a, a bad boy, yeah. and um, he has now set his sights on a pretty lofty goal for 2023. I will break 2,000 yards next year, bro. Y'all heard of me just taking stuff off his bucket list. <laughs> and all I'm gonna say is 2,000 yards was on my bucket list to get, bro. Before I leave this league. And y'all think the cheetah gonna leave without doing something he promised himself he gonna do as a as a kid? Two thousand yards and another Super Bowl. We getting that? Believe that? Yeah, I don't think that's unrealistic with that offense. I don't. He'll probably be around seventeen hundred. So I, I had to look this up. The highest, uh, largest season for yards, Calvin Johnson, nineteen sixty four. I'll give him sixteen hundred fifty. 1,650, that would be top 20 all time. Yes, I think that's what you'll get. 1,650 to 1,700, it'll be a great season for Tyreek Hill. And is that baking in how many starts for Tua? 15. He's starting 15 games now? They're going to rest him in the final week because they've already locked a playoff berth in. What? And he gets banged up, twists an ankle in week nine, so they give him an extra week off. He doesn't get a concussion. So 15 weeks. By the way, Mike So you have the Dolphins in the playoffs. As of right now, I do. Yeah. Whoa! I, I have the Dolphins. The there. I have the Dolphins winning the division. Do you have the Jets in the playoffs? No, I do not. Oh, God. <laughs> Damn it! All right, let's go to tennis, Cowherd. All right, I'm playing in a tennis tournament this week. Oh, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about 20-year-old Carlos Alcaraz taking down Djokovic to win his first Wimbledon title Sunday. I felt like this was like a five-hour tennis match. Um, Djokovic won the first set 6-1, and the young kid was just unbelievable coming back. And there's match point, uh, Djokovic going down. He is the, uh, Alcarez is the third youngest men's winner in the open era. First player to beat Djokovic on Wimbledon center court since Andy Murray in 2013. Yeah, Djokovic has had a run. He's still remarkable. It's really hard to beat him, but I like new blood. He's new blood. It's fun. I agree. Now, listen, had a run might be underselling Djokovic. I was not aware of this, but apparently he is considered by many the greatest tennis player ever, and he's still in, like, his prime. We have a tennis expert on staff. I won't mention him by name, but um, uh, apparently Djokovic is is the man in tennis history, better than Federer yeah. and Nadal. Yeah. I did, I was always a Federer guy. No, I think Djokovic, when, when all three are playing their best, Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic, Djokovic's the best player I've ever seen. Best player I've ever seen. Federer was smoother. Oh, yeah. Nadal's better on clay. Federer is very likable. Yeah, right? Djokovic is not as likable, but he's a great player. He, but, he, but his playing, you know, his yeah. size, his power, nah. there's a lot of elements. He, he was kind of winning over people young earlier in his career with his personality. He was funny, and then, you know, COVID happened, and he... Well, you know, not everybody he, he, disagreed with him. Let's be fair on COVID. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> he did his own research. He, he was a do my own research. Aaron guy. does his own research. Aaron, Joe Rogan does his own research. There's nothing. Hey, hey. Respect it. Hey, hey, do your own research. I tend to lean into doctors and GPS. Why would and, you do that? Why would you lean into let's doctors? Let's not Colin? be snarky. 
J-Mac with the news. No reason to be snarky. <laughs> well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. Uh, he's written some of my favorite sports books ever about Derek Jeter, the captain, about Bill Belichick, the making of the greatest football coach of all time on Coach K. I just finished that one six months ago, The Rise and Reign of Mike Krzyzewski. He's my friend. He's a New York Times bestselling author and a sports columnist in New York, the best, the very best one. Ian O'Connor is joining me now live. <laughs> And he's a humble guy, so he's like, get over it, coward. I don't want to hear about all those plaudits. Just get to it. Okay, so let's start with Saquon Barkley. Um, I've always felt that Daniel Jones, it was an easy sell to the Maras. He looked like Eli. He had the same college coach. Southern kid. Very coachable. Nice kid. Eli's just one of the nicest guys in the history of New York athletes. He and Jeter are about the easiest guys to work with. And so I thought they reached on him. They reached into their past. Now we get into a spot where... Okay, now you're $40 million a year into him. And Saquon Barkley is, is absolutely the Geico. He's the insurance policy to make sure this thing works. Ian, he's, they're going to have to franchise tag him in a couple of hours. Do you think they sign him? Well, I hope so, Colin. He certainly deserves it. He is a New York giant out of central casting. He is this generation's Frank Gifford. He's got the Hollywood good looks. Great work ethic, represents the franchise the right way every single day. And he propped up Daniel Jones at a time when Jones didn't deserve it. Every day, Saquon backed him up, talked about how he believed in him as a starting quarterback. And Daniel Jones gets $40 million a year, and Saquon wants a fraction of that, yeah, uh, figuratively anyway. And he's one of their best football players. There's no question about that. There are about three guys on the Giants who could be the best in the world at what they do in a given season, and he's one of them, and Daniel Jones is not. So it has to hurt to see his good friend, granted, get $40 million a year, and Saquon's trying to get 14. And so I do think the Giants should slightly overpay. Yeah. I understand where the running back market is because I think Saquon Barkley brings some intangibles that are very valuable to that franchise. Yeah, Joe Mixon's taking a pay cut. You can do that when you have a superstar quarterback, but if you don't, we've seen it with Tannehill, who became a number one seed because of Derrick Henry. The less gifted the quarterback, the more valuable the running back, and I think Barkley, we agree, is. and I I like what you said about Frank Gifford, the history. He is sort of a classic New York Giants player, never in trouble, hard worker, great ethos there. Okay, go to the Jets. I do think they'll be interesting. But I could make the argument they're still actually kind of in a rebuild trying to overcome the previous regime and that the O-line has major questions. Uh, Most of their talent's on the wrong side of the ball. You cross your fingers at running back off an injury. And that Aaron is older? Ian, he can get a little prickly? What is realistic? What is realistic in your eyes and New York's eyes on Aaron and the Jets this year? Well, that schedule, Colin, really concerns me. It does. But I think realistic is 10-7, and seven, second place to the Bills who win the division. I think the Jets can get a wild card, win a wild card round game, losing the divisional playoffs at Kansas City, at Cincinnati. To me, that's realistic. One guy you didn't mention, Garrett Wilson. I think he's yes. got a chance to be really special. Garrett Wilson, look at the yardage he racked up last year with no quarterback. I don't know. Talk about making chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what. But he did that last year. I think he's got a chance to be the best receiver in the history of New York football, Jets or Giants. So for Rodgers to have that kind of weapon, I think as long as the offensive line can stay intact, keep him upright, I think they'll win nine or ten games and sneak into the playoffs. That's realistic. And then come back in year two, and I definitely think Rodgers will play a year two, 
then they'll be one of the Super Bowl favorites in in that second year. Um, I think you and I have talked about this before on our on the podcast we've done together, is that if you come to New York and become a star, you grow with the city, Eli, uh, Jalen Brunson last year, Aaron Judge, Eli Manning, and you, you're talented, but you grow with the city. They'll have your back forever. If you come in as a star, A-Rod, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, Brett Favre, the fangs are out. Like, New York is expecting wins right now, as they should. You're a star elsewhere. You better be a star here. There's pressure. And I hear the Shohei Otani to the Yankees and the Mets, and I think, I don't know if the kid wants it. I, when you hear those rumors on two teams that are really disappointing, let's start with that of the baseball talk today. Do you, do you buy it? Do you think it solves issues? Nobody disputes his talent. But the history of New York is, even on those great Yankee teams, early 2000s, a lot of that stuff was homegrown talent. A lot of it. What do you make of Shohei Otani and the rumors in New York? I still think he'll end up with the Dodgers. I think he's he wants to play on the West Coast. I do think that the Yankees could possibly trade for him. The Yankees still have a chance. I, I think they'll get into the tournament as the second or third wild card. They need to get Judge back, obviously, and Cortez, who wasn't the same pitcher he was last year when healthy, get him back and back on track. And I think the Yankees will get a wild card and get in in the tournament. And then if you have Otani, right. you have a chance certainly to win the whole thing. I, I think the more likely scenario is Otani goes to free agency and the Mets, uh, after this humiliating season, Steve Cohen is the richest owner in baseball. And I think that he might trade Verlander and Scherzer or one of them at the deadline and then go all in and create a bidding war with the Dodgers and maybe the Angels for Otani that takes him over $600 million. And I think Cohen will not be outbid for Shohei Otani. I really don't, particularly after this embarrassing season where the Mets were considered championship material and now they're not even going to make the playoffs. They're, what, eight and a half back of the third wild card. So they're basically done. So I think that's where it's going to get fascinating is how much is Cohen willing to spend to wipe away this humiliation of a season. I want to ask you a Belichick question because you wrote a book, The Making of the Greatest Football Coach of All Time. And when I read your book, I don't ever intrude and ask where you get your sources, but clearly people were willing to be somewhat critical of Bill somewhere in the organization. It's not all rainbows and flowers. Bill can be gruff and disagreeable at times, and he can be rigid, and he is a brilliant coach. And it's almost, um, when you were writing this book, you would not even have considered this an option. But the Matt Patricia offensive coordinator, they're now the fourth most talented team in their division. They don't draft particularly well. This sounds crazy, but the greatest football coach of all time, is it fair to say he's in trouble this year? This is a re He's on the hot seat. I'm probably the worst guy in the world to ask this question to since I wrote the infamous column in 2000 saying it was a mistake to hire the guy in the first place. <laughs> and so I, I will never doubt him ever again. I, I paid the price for that for, for two decades and change, and so I'm not – going down that road. Listen, and he's also getting close to breaking Don Shula's all-time wins record. I have a hard time believing that Robert Kraft would fire him before he had the chance to do that. So I, I, I just can't see that as a realistic scenario, Colin. I really don't. I, I think what's more realistic is they have a decent year this year. They go 8-9, and 9-8. Nine, nine and eight. And Okay, we got Bill O'Brien in place. Let's run it back with him in year two and Bill, give Bill another chance to catch Shula and then if they don't make the playoffs again next year, 
then I think we're, we're having a different conversation. Yeah. But Bill Belichick getting fired, I'm sorry. I, I just can't go down that road. I know. You're, you're right. I just keep – it's weird. Maybe I'm a talk radio host. I like all these messes in sports. Okay, folks, if summer <laughs> read for the next six weeks – there's a lot of time to sit down and get a great summer read. I want to recommend, it's one of my favorite basketball books ever. It's The Rise and Reign of Mike Krzyzewski. Uh, it's his latest book. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I thought I knew everything about Coach K. It is such a great summer read. If you're a hooper, college, or pro, go buy that book. I promise you it's good. There is no money-back guarantee because nobody ever asked for money back with Ian O'Connor's books. But he's a friend. He's a great journalist. <laughs> It's always you always make time for me, my friend, and I always appreciate it, Ian. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Colin. Yeah, it, it's a really good. Have you read that book yet? It is a really good hoop read. Man, there is some stuff. First of all, Shashevsky's mm -hmm. been around forever, so he's got connections to everybody. And the next six weeks are summer reading. I'm almost going to go read it again. It was that good. Oh, I love, of all his books, it was my fave. Do you, so, do you will reread sports books? Oh, absolutely. Huh. I'll go rewatch sports. I don't like a lot of things, but what I like, I like a lot. So, would you sooner reread a sports book over, say, try watching Remember the Titans? Yes. There's nothing better. There is nothing better than sitting on the deck with a nice cold beer, knocking down a good book for a couple hours in the summer, dogs to my side. Nothing better? Not I much. can think of like. I can't. Two dozen things better off the top of my head. You're a writer. You should respect. I like reading, but like I usually end up falling asleep pretty quickly when I start reading. Yeah. Not his books. Yeah. I also like being active and like going outside and like living life. I do that too. Yeah. Oh, I tried to wakeboard yesterday. I am so sore today. I can barely move. Why don't you play me in tennis this week? No. You know what? It's a kid's game. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Mack with the news. <laughs> oh, he already did it? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> You're so excited talking about books. Well, I, <laughs> You're yeah, all I don't mean to be Oprah, but when I read a really good sports book from a friend who wrote it, I, I, I read the Jeff Benedict uh, LeBron book. A lot of, you know, LeBron's polarizing. He couldn't have been nicer no. to me the other day. LeBron? He's polarizing. No. Well, he's taking some strong stands and politically. You know, Aaron Rodgers is political. Conservatives love him. LeBron's political. You don't like him. So who's the hypocrite? The audience is the hypocrite. A liberal likes LeBron and Aaron turns him off. A conservative likes Aaron, push back on vaccines, doesn't like LeBron. They're both outspoken. They're both willing to talk about politics. They're both willing to put it out there. I tend to be a bigger fan of LeBron than Aaron because I think LeBron's an elevator of others. I think Aaron's just brilliantly talented. But they're both, the, it's the same basic if you look at it, the same basic belief, which is I am more than an athlete and I deserve an opinion. So it, it, I see all the hypocrites out there. You want, you want LeBron to not have opinions, but you love Aaron because he takes a shot in the vaccine. Oh, that, that, okay. I had not heard that angle. That's not terrible. No, you, I, I would largely agree with it. Yeah. You, you can't tell me you love Aaron and you hate LeBron because of their stances. They're both outspoken yeah, professional what, athletes. When do we start to say the new Aaron? Because this is not the guy right now. This Aaron Rodgers currently that we're hearing. Yeah, it is. It's, he's the same guy. Not the stuff he's publicly putting out there. Maybe it's just a, a ruse what in the mean? summer well, to win people over. Out? Well, yeah, anytime somebody goes to a new company for the first six months. Honeymoon on, period. Well, yeah. they're on their best behavior. 
But Aaron's prickly. Aaron's his own guy. Aaron's- he hasn't been prickly since he got to the oh, Jets. Oh, you mean a whole six whole weeks he's there. Well, well quite a commitment yes, to yes, yes. coachability. Well, we'll, we'll how see about how we go co- on a four-game losing streak? How about we don't do that? How about we just win games and <laughs> everything's great? Everybody, the first six weeks, that even a troubled employee goes to a, somebody that's a pain in the butt. They go to a new employee or they get into a new relationship. Oh, they're on their best behavior. But eventually people mm. become what they are. Yeah. So I've been here 11 months now. Is the honeymoon over? Yeah, but you were never a pain in the butt. That's a, you, great, that's you, a great point. You're not. No, no. I mean, you have your stuff like we all do, but you're not a pain in the butt. Stuff? What? You're Come co- again? Well, I mean, you've got like everybody else things. I have to. I, you, I have things? I, I absolutely do not have I things. I have to manage certain parts oh, of you. Oh, God. <laughs> I do not. Other than liking the Jets, uh, you know, and, and being a little sad about the Yankees. Like, I don't know how much we're going to do on this. Kind of put me in a funk this morning when you were saying the Yankees are in last. I'm not used to that. I'm not wrong when I say this. You're not. That's a factual New statement. New York teams are not well-owned and well-run for the last 15 years, mostly. Now, I do think the Giants have a great coach. Uh, the Jets have an excellent general manager, though he, though he missed on a quarterback I couldn't stand out of college. I mean, personally, I don't care, but I, Zach Wilson, to me, was not a franchise quarterback. But there are elements of New York. Aaron Judge is unbelievable. Uh... I think Joe Douglas, uh, the GM of the Jets, is super talented. Brian Just Dable. Can't, can't pick a quarterback. We, we can't let him slide on that. Zach Wilson was his. No, was, no, and his, his left tackle situation. So, yeah. I mean, Joe Douglas has done a good job, but he's whiffed at left tackle, we think, and quarterback. Hey, by the way, on the Giants, not to go too long here, but a year ago, they didn't want to pick up the fifth-year option on Daniel Jones, and now they give him 37 or $39 million a year. That's bad business right there. Terrible business. So yes. let's not pump up the Giants' no, ownership they too much have, just because of a couple of Super Bowls. They should have franchised Daniel Jones. Yeah, they butchered and it. And then you could go to Saquon Barkley and go, we're going to franchise you for a year and see how it works. But I think a part of this for Saquon is timeout, timeout, because the franchise tag would pay Saquon a ton for a year. But Saquon's like, I'm, I am more important in this backfield, and you just signed up for... Mm. So it was a mistake. Does part of you want Saquon to not play this season and the Giants to win like five or six games? No, I don't. I never root for bad television products. I don't want the Giants to be ugly. They're not going to be on TV a lot this year. No, but I mean, if if Saquon plays with Brian Dayball, they'll be a functional offense. They're not that watchable anyway. Well, they're not. Listen, we're NBC or we're Fox. Oh, that's right. We need the NFC to be good. We like Aaron left our division, our conference. Russell Wilson left our conference. So I work at Fox. I want us to have some decent games. I didn't consider that. Yeah, I mean, we need... The, <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, I mean... We it, got it, Kirk Cousins still. We're clinging to a lot of... <laughs> Jordan Love. Whatever. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. 
This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's never a wrong time to do the right thing, right? If you're going to make decisions in life, there's no bad time to do the right thing, ethically, principally. In sports, there is a right time to be a bad team. If, like, Victor Wembenyama's available in the draft or Andrew Luck is available, Trevor Lawrence. So next year is a excellent quarterback draft class. Caleb Williams, A++, Derek May, Michael Penix Jr., really good. Other kids emerging. So I saw a story on the Raiders, and I've said this about the Raiders. They're like a dormant volcano. Hasn't erupted in, a, like, a year, but it's always bubbling under the surface, and there's some weird readings at Mount Davis right now. It's bubbling. It's about ready to do a Mount St. Helens. So Josh Jacobs, their star running back, and the Raiders are, according to The Athletic, big gap. Big gap. Uh, and this is not an easy one. So the last five and six years, you've had the, the Damon Arquette gun issue, disaster. Henry Ruggs um, crisis. He's gone. Prison. John Gruden mess. Uh, the, the GM hired off TV didn't work. Garoppolo's injury. Devontae Adams was the happiest guy in the league in Green Bay. Never grumbled. Now perpetually unhappy. Uh, Derek Carr divorce did not go well. So players can see leadership or lack thereof. 
players, players can feel leadership or lack thereof. It's like kids act out when they know they can get away with it. Employees act out when they know they can get away with it, lack of leadership. And, and players, this is not a coincidence. It's all happening to the Raiders. It all starts at the top. Mark Davis is one of the poor, weaker owners in the league. Nothing against him, but he is. And so, but this is an interesting one because the Raiders are going to draft a quarterback probably in the first round next year because they've already got really good key pieces. Max Crosby is an A-plus pass rusher. Check. Star receiver, Devontae Adams. Check. Left tackle, Colton Miller. Set there. Check. Those are really key pieces. Left tackle, star receiver, edge rusher. Now, they need a corner, um, and they're going to draft a quarterback. So they're already paying a lot of money to all the right pieces, right? Edge rusher, receiver. they got a very good slot receiver, Hunter Renfro. They just drafted a tight end, the number two tight end out of college. So they've got, they're actually a really strange team. The Raiders have edge rusher, left tackle, star receiver, weapons. They check all the boxes. They're just poorly run and poorly owned. And they're going to draft a quarterback next year. So is it a good time to be a bad team? My takeaway is you don't sign Josh Jacobs, even though he's been wildly productive. He absolutely has a market. If you have an average quarterback or a quarterback on a rookie deal, you could argue next year the Raiders are getting a quarterback, give them this. But they're already paying big money to all the right positions. He absolutely has a trade market. Josh Jacobs is one of those guys. I know you don't want to pay running backs, but if I have a young quarterback, an average quarterback, I'd pay for Josh Jacobs. Just like Saquon Barkley. Because of Daniel Jones, you got to pay for Saquon Barkley. So it's interesting with Garoppolo, if he plays, and their left tackle, and their edge rusher, and their receivers, and their dynamic young tight end, the Raiders could win seven, eight, nine games. I really believe that. They've got the right pieces there. Plus, they have an offensive coach with a history of Super Bowl wins. They've got a lot of stuff. It's a leadership void. But if you don't play Josh Jacobs, you don't really have an elite backup. If Garoppolo didn't play, you are in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. In the AFC, you're in it. Kansas City twice, Denver twice, Chargers twice. So the Raiders are in a weird spot where I really like about five of their players, and they're all at the positions I need. They're not sticking with Garoppolo for two years. They're absolutely first pick in next year's draft, if they're top 10, is going to be they don't need an edge rusher. They don't need a left tackle. Next year's a great year for tackles. They don't need one. It's a great year for receivers. They don't need one. Right? It's a great year. It's a good year for edge rushers. They don't need one. You can get a running back third, fourth, fifth, sixth round. They need a quarterback for the future. Stidham's now in Denver, so they don't have a backup. So it's my takeaway is, do you move him? Do you not play him? Do you get pretty rigid on them them, uh, with him? I kind of think this is a good time to be a bad team. Because you can, you can all fight there as a Raider. You want to make the playoffs. You're now in a division with Mahomes in his prime, Herbert going into his prime, and Russell Wilson out of his prime, but one of the best coaches in league history. What do you need? Just think about it for a second. What do you need? A great young quarterback on a rookie contract. That is the only way to catch up. 
and you're not a mile away. you got an offensive coach, left tackle, star weapons, great edge rusher. Got to get that secondary right, and you got to get your future quarterback. Josh Jacobs is a situation, I may be nuts on this, but in this instance, Arizona Raiders, Bucks, I would be I would be movers at the trade deadline. If you start one and five, I'd move it. There's a, you can say running backs don't have a market. Josh Jacobs could solve a lot of teams' run game issues. He's a very good back. Am I nuts? Am I crazy? Problem is, who's going to pay him, Colin? If you don't have the quarterback on the rookie deal, like why well, are you spending the big bucks? Look, look who's going to have a quarterback next year on a rookie deal. Arizona's going to have a quarterback on a rookie deal. Well, they'll have to move Kyler. That sh- will that be a problem? Remember, four teams minimum are drafting quarterbacks in the first round. May, Caleb, Penix are all getting drafted. Now they're saying Bo Nix at Oregon. I don't see him as a... Oh, pr- come on. I, I, I don't. A lot of people do. He's in a lot of mock drafts first round. I'm just saying. There's four teams right there minimum. You want to do a friendly wager on that? I don't think he's a first-round quarterback. Okay, okay. He feels like late second, third to me. Am I wrong? He feels more Kenny Pickett than he does Trevor Lawrence. I, yeah, uh, Bo Nix, very good high school quarterback, right? Good college quarterback, too. Good. Solid. Solid. Hour three in the herd. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.